Welcome to Reclaim Your A-Game. I'm your host, Christine Franklin. I'm a best-selling author and firm believer that we all deserve to live lives full of joy and show up as the best version of ourselves in every area. Beyond awards and accolades, being on your A-game is about being mindful of what makes you feel your best and settling for nothing less. Today, I'm excited to have Charlene Maskell joining me to discuss a topic that isn't talked about enough yet is so important for women and the men who love us. Now listen, whether you've been diagnosed with PCOS or not, if you're a woman with any type of reproductive system issue, you'll want to listen to this episode. And if you're having any difficulty getting pregnant, you'll be inspired by the journey my guest Charlene Maskell shares in this episode. Charlene is a wife and mother of two amazing children, raising her family under the Barbadian sun. Most days in her mind, she's on the beach sipping a Long Island iced tea, but when she's not actually there, she is a supermom who also works from home, writing copy and designing content for the web. Charlene holds a degree in business management that she has hardly used. However, she has eons of experience writing stories and enjoys the challenge of composing interesting and fun pieces. She also has a knack for teaching music and English, sewing, and playing guitar. She is an extremely avid but bad dancer, and she loves outdoor activities and absolutely adores all sporting activities except NASCAR. Her family believes she is the ultimate cleaning machine, environmental health and safety specialist, and quality assurance engineer. She tries to do her best in each aspect of her life because she believes life is too short to do things in a mediocre way. Charlene encourages her family to be the best they can be, to fail big and win bigger, because she believes, like Art Butchwell says, the best things in life are not things. Welcome, Charlene. It's so good to have you here, my fellow Barbadian. And we are going to hear a really fascinating story today that Charlene is going to share with us. I have heard of PCOS just in passing, but I'm not a mother and this is a whole other world for me. So I'm looking forward to hearing about your journey as well, Charlene. And we're going to start right off the bat with finding out what PCOS is. So what is it? First off... First off, thank you for having me on your podcast, Christine. It is an absolute pleasure being here with you. And I'm glad to be able to share information on PCOS with mothers and other women who may be suffering from the condition, who may know, and women who may not know, because there are a lot of women who have never been diagnosed. And in my experience, diagnosis is the first step towards becoming healthy. And I want to first say that I did not know I had PCOS until I was diagnosed. And that enabled me to put the processes in place to overcome the condition. While you never, you never get or healed, you're never healed from the condition. However, you, you can manage it. And the symptoms or the effects of the conditions can become less when you enact certain processes that would allow you to live a healthier life. So let's back up a bit. 
I'm just curious, how did you even get diagnosed? What were the symptoms that led you to figure that something was wrong or something needed attention? Well, first, I recognized I was not having a period. There would be months on months, Christine, and I would not have a period. I would go sometimes four months. I went up to a year without having any menstruation. And when I went to the doctor after about four months, he would have, he said to me, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And at that time, I did not know what it was. I think I was around 21 when I found that out. And, you know, at 21, I'm not thinking about children in, in the first place. I'm just happy to be at at college, enjoying my life and partying all the time. I was a real partier. And but fine and, and I also did not have a problem of not having a period, by the way, because, you know, when I was younger, my period was always very heavy and it was always very painful. I actually started having my period at eight years old. So at twenty one and not having a period, I was ecstatic. But I knew something was wrong um, because you usually should have a period every month, right? So when I went to the doctor, he said, I have PCOS. So I was like, what is that? And he showed me um, a, a scan of my ovaries. And I saw like this spider web appearance on my ovary. Because with PCOS, you, you, you get cysts on your ovary. So he explained that at, at every point on my ovary, where my period was supposed to occur, a cyst formed. So the period never came. So then I was I was scared because I'm wondering now, do I have to get an operation to remove these cysts? But then he explained to me it would resolve itself once I become once I start having my ovulation and menstruating at how I supposed to menstruate. So I don't have these cysts anymore. But you can still see if um, I get I go to the, the gynecologist where those cysts may have been. So it, it was an interesting yet fright, frightening um, episode because there are a lot of different symptoms that tell you have PCOS, um, excessive hair growth obesity. Um, a, lot, a lot of women suffer from diabetes because what they're recognizing is that PCOS is an insulin resistant, insulin resistant uh, condition. So there is a connection between your hormones and PCOS. And what the doctor would have done at that time is given me a medication called metformin. Now, any diabetic would know that medication any type 2 diabetic, and that helped me to regulate my insulin somehow and to start menstruation. Okay. Wow. Well, that in itself is already a journey, but this is when you were young and partying and free, carefree, and all of that. And then at some point, I'm guessing you started to think about having children. So at that yes. point, how did that play into what you were dealing with with PCOS? And also, I'm wondering about the medication. So what was being on the medication like? Were there side effects? Did it help? You know, and so on. Thank you for asking that question, because 
the medication did have side effects. And one of the things that I did not recognize is that you have to take metformin on a full stomach. Because if you don't, you will get a lot of cramps and you might even get some diarrhea. So metformin is something you have to take after you eat, um, after you eat a good meal. And it had that side effect for me uh, initially. And uh, on an off chance, I recognize that a lot of women in Barbados take metformin to lose weight. And because it sends them into the bathroom, you know, so I, you know, I didn't want that because at that time I was, (laughs) I was about 90 pounds. So (laughs) no weight loss was, I I didn't want any weight loss. So when that started to happen, I was very scared and I went back to the doctor and he he then explained to me, I need to take metformin with uh, a meal. So yes, uh, when I did meet my husband, and we we wanted to have children. I recognize, you know, we well, we've been together about 12 years now. And initially, when we were together for about three years, we started thinking about children. And we would try and nothing would happen. So then you know, my husband is a vegan. However, I wasn't always a vegan. And I said to myself, I'm going to research online to see what I should do about uh, PCOS because it it is not going away. And I happened upon some websites with women discussing the condition versus just seeing what the Mayo Clinic says or the National Institute for Medical Professionals or something like that. What they say, I wanted to see what women on the ground who had the condition, who were suffering from the condition, how they got over the condition and did what I wanted to do, which is have children. So I, I I did that and I got some awesome inspiration and information. One of the things that jumped out at me was women saying they started a raw food diet. And in 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 enacting that raw food diet, they became fertile and some women were saying well I have I'm on my third child and I was like whoa well I've been trying and 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 I never had any success so Christina went to the raw food diet <laughs> and that's to explain to you what I pardon that's a no-brainer it has been working <laughs> so well for clearly others correct so I started I had some cabbage so my my diet would have been cabbage and broccoli and uh, with with a little coconut oil. And I did that for about a week. And then after that, I would have, I would have cabbage and broccoli and peas Um, because I, I couldn't do just raw food because raw food means you don't have, you put, you don't put any, um, you don't, you don't cook the food. You're trying to get the nutrients out of the food. So you would probably just put your broccoli in a bit of warm water, you know, to wash it off and your cabbage and what's not. And you can, I guess, some sea salt and stuff like that and a little coconut oil. And I would eat that. However, I, I, I wanted something cooked. So I started then just doing peas. So instead of just doing raw food, I did vegan where I would do, I would add some peas and other things that were not necessarily raw food, but they were vegan. Also, I tried a lot of jamun, and any Bajan or Indian knows what is jamun. Um, 
it's it's a berry it's a lot like a grape and it's great for for people who have diabetes and they actually use jamu seeds to make diabetic medication so it helps a lot with your sugar level so after that we got pregnant but my challenges were now beginning i did not recognize that i also had an incompetent cervix so although i got pregnant we lost two babies and so I was thinking as well, it was the PCOS once again, but then I learned that I have an incompetent cervix, which was a whole other set of trouble for me at that time. And I'll be willing to share it with you if you would like me to go into those of details course. as well. <laughs> All right. um, so an incompetent cervix basically means that when your pregnancy matures and gets to a certain stage, you, your cervix is not able to keep the baby in. So you have miscarriages and I had mine around three months net, net, and, and then the next, next miscarriage I had, it was around four months. Wow. And, you know, you, you, you didn't recognize that this was going to occur because you were thinking the first time that it was just a, something that happened but when it happened the second time you recognized you know something is wrong so when I went to my doctor he said well anytime you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get a stitch mm-hmm. in your cervix to keep the baby in and my doctor at that time Dr. Thomas awesome doctor and he was the one who recognized that and when I have my first daughter, I had to get that. I had to get an emergency stitch at five months. And he said to me, you have to go straight to the hospital. And I went straight there and he put that stitch in my cervix. And then I had to be on bed rest for the rest of the pregnancy with my feet up in the air. That's a long time. Oh my God. It was a very long time. Uh, being a person who loves to do things for myself and help myself, it was very challenging for me. I also lost my job at that time. And then we had to move from where we were because then we couldn't afford the rent. We yeah. couldn't afford certain things. And we still had to buy things for our new baby that she's now five. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was a very challenging period. And you feel, as a woman, you feel as sometimes you can feel like a failure because it's so hard to get pregnant in the first place. And then you did get pregnant and you had miscarriages and now you're pregnant again. And, you know, have this other condition where you can't get out of bed and your spouse has to be the one doing everything for you from washing your hair to feeding you, um, making sure your, your food is there and you're so depressed. So I... I I turned to forums once again, and instead of looking at what people say about incompetent cervix, I looked at the women who were in my position and who who got their baby because you're so so scared. I had to visit the doctor every week, Christine. And every week I had to to get an injection. Um, I had to get a hormone injected every single week and I had to go to some place to the hospital to get it injected in my in my derriere or I had to go to my doctor and it was very costly um, these things weren't free 
So you have to visit the doctor every week, get and um, pay for the medication each week, um, all to keep that little one inside as long as possible to make sure the pregnancy um, is successful and the baby's healthy. So I ended up as well with um, gestational diabetes because I was unable to move from the bed. And my daughter, when she was born, she was born pretty heavy, but um, she was healthy. And (laughs) yes, so I, I would say that what is what can help a lot of women is hearing other women's stories, not just listening to what the doctor says, because um, women women who went through the situation, they inspire us, they give us hope. And if you have a situation that you have gone through, I would say always come on platforms like this one, Christine, and invite people to tell of their story, to inspire others, even if you just, you don't want your face to be out there or your voice, like how I'm talking on this podcast, but you prefer to write. Um, I'm sure women who are on bed rest have a lot of time to read. So write your story by all means. You don't know somebody might be going through what you're going through and they're just looking for that inspiration. They just need a good word because they feel as if all is lost for them. And you can be that change for someone. Well, it's amazing that you actually managed to get through all of that and not just decide, well, I don't want to have children anymore. I don't want to even try, you know, I don't want to face the possibility of it not working out. There's a lot of fear that could be wrapped up in that. So kudos to you for looking for that inspiration and, you know, staying positive and having your healthy, happy baby at the end of it, who's now five already. My goodness. I also have a son now. Yes. So, (laughs) and he's one year old and I had to go through the same thing once again, but no, I was a pro. So I had to get the stitch once again in my cervix. However, since it wasn't an emergency, like the last one, I was able to not have to be on bed rest. I still limited my my moving around a bit. However, I didn't have to be laid up for all that period of time. So ideally, if you are suffering from incompetent cervix, you really should get your stitch put in around eight weeks. If you are as early as you can, Um, that's when it's not as bulging on, on onto the cervix and you'll be able to get a, the doctor be able to get a good grip and be able to put that stitch in the cervix without um, any membranes rupturing. So that was very important. So that's why diagnosis is important so that you can get the treatment you need to ensure that, you know, you get, you get the best possible outcome in pregnancy. And also with PCOS, uh, I, I, I didn't think that I would have two conditions, um, but <laughs> but it happened. And there are, a lot of, there are a lot of women out there who have given up. And I have friends who are not only suffering from PCOS, but who also have fibroids. And, and that, that's given them a, a bit of a run for their money. Um, and 
medical care, especially in the U.S., is very expensive. I am fortunate to live in Barbados, and I would have also gone initially before I went to Dr. Thomas to the facility center here in Barbados to just see if, because I thought at first when I wasn't getting pregnant that I might have had another condition where my tubes might have been blocked. So I, I, I went through that procedure and that, that procedure is painful, Christine. Oh. They um, pass a liquid to, through your tubes to see if it's blocked or not, because that can stop you from, you know, having a baby. Mm. And you have to be awake. They, they don't give you anything for that. Oh, God. And it was really painful, but I found out that I didn't have anything like that or scarring, which is usually what happens to women who have endometriosis, and which prevents them from getting pregnant. So it's important to know and yeah. to to recognize these symptoms. As I said, when I was younger, I had some very painful periods and I had some very awesome brothers. And it was funny because they would somehow know when a period was going to occur. And I they would come for me at school. Oh. And I wouldn't be any help to myself. Everyone knew once a mom, Charlene, was in the sick bay, very sick. I had a period, my period, I was vomiting, diarrhea, headache, cold sweats. My God. So when I, when I turned 21, I didn't have a period, I was happy. You were happy, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But you would find women need to recognize in their girls, when your, when your girls are having periods that are very painful, it could be endometriosis. It can be early signs of endometriosis. It can be early signs of PCOS and you should pay attention for your little girls because they don't know. They're just thinking they have a period that's painful and really and truly it could be a, a condition that later on in life, it would stop them from having children. So if you pay attention a bit earlier on for them, you might be able to advise them. Maybe you should have a baby a bit earlier because most, most women are not looking to have a baby at 19 or 20, but maybe you can advise them if you don't have it within this window, you might not be able to get a baby in the future and change your thinking a little because sometimes we're thinking it's best to get a baby in your 20s or in your 30s. But if you are a woman suffering with a condition, it might be better to get your baby at 19. No judgment, you know, because this is what you have to do if this is what you want. And it's important. I think it's important to, I never knew that hormones were so important. People would only talk about hormones when I was a child in terms of going through puberty yeah. and how it changes. But as you get older, you recognize hormones are important for each function in your body. And to have a well-functioning reproductive system is integral heart and your, the, the, the balance of your hormones is integral to ensuring that you are fertile and you can have children if you choose. Yes. So. Yeah. And hopefully a pregnancy without complications as well. Hormones really influence pretty much everything that goes on in our body. They control how our messages are sent through our body and you know, making sure that everything then functions in the way that it's supposed to function, because of course, everything is linked. Often we hear in medicine, you know, someone has a symptom and that symptom is treated in isolation. But 
everything is linked. So hormones are very much at the core of what's happening throughout our nervous system, throughout our organ functions, throughout our reproductive system functioning. So yes, for sure, hormones are extremely important and highly underrated. So I totally agree with you. And that's why the raw food diet was so important because even eating grass-fed meats, you can come into contact with hormones that will alter your system. And especially eating meats that are not grass-fed, it alters your hormones and it affects the, the your 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 insulin levels it affects so many different things also sugar is another is another thing that is very disastrous to people who have endometriosis fibroids and PCOS is is disastrous for your reproductive system so women have to make some hard choices if you're saying you want to have a baby in 2022 and you recognize you're having some problems you have to decide am i going to eat the same way what am I going to change about my lifestyle? If you really want to have that child, you are going to change what you need to change. Because I want to tell you that if you can't make those hard decisions now and stick to your plan, when you become a mother, if you become a mother, it's even harder. To Being a mother is one of the hardest things I have ever done. And compared to the struggle I went through with PCOS and and the months I was on bed rest, being a mother cannot match those. Those are nothing compared to the struggles you go through as a mother and a wife, especially post and during COVID-19 when children are at home, but you still have to work. And now in this in this recession type of dynamic, this, this type of environment where there's major inflation, and you have to balance what you want to do as a as a as as a family. Um, so it is very it's not it's not easy. So you have to make those hard decisions and decide if you really want to have a child. What are you going to change? How are you going to be different to get the goal that you are you would you would like? And um, I, I want to let ladies know as well. You may never get pregnant face that reality that is a reality and that has been a reality of a lot of friends that I have and they have not allowed it to stop them from what from being a mother because you don't have to to actually born a baby to be a mother there are a lot of children out there who need a good mother in their life and you can be that for that person I myself, I, uh, in terms of when I was a girl, I didn't have a father there uh, in terms of biological that I could depend on, but I had my godfather and he was there for me and he was like a father to me and he was the person that I could have depended on and I knew he was a stable, positive influence in my life. And I want them to, I want those ladies to know you can be that for some, for, for a child. And that child will grow to love you unconditionally, just like how they would love someone who they came from. Yeah. Yes. Well said. And so thinking about how much you wanted to be a mother, did the doctor tell you about your chances of 
um, pregnancy or going full term through your pregnancy when you were first diagnosed with PCOS? No. I think that a lot of practitioners, they, they well, for, for me here in Barbados, PCOS seems to be a evasive condition. Scientists can't tell you how you get PCOS. 2022, they cannot tell you what causes PCOS or why women get PCOS. And doctors are the same way, and they can't tell you how to get over PCOS or, you know, basically, are you ever going to be healed from PCOS? They can only help you manage PCOS. And and obviously, our medical system is only built to help you manage. Yeah. The pharmaceutical system is only built to help you manage. It's never built to cure. Mm -hmm. So the doctor never explained to me how I would get pregnant. And that's why it's so important to talk to people who have had your condition to talk to other women. And most of my doctors have been male. And most of the gynecologists that I have seen are male. And it's hard for a male to tell a female, although they can, they have copious years of experience and they're awesome in what they do. They cannot explain to you how you feel. And they cannot explain to you what you can do to get the results that you need. They can only tell you of probably success stories that they have had with medication, not with lifestyle. Right. So when you need that lifestyle, how to change things, you need to actually speak to a woman who has gone through it. And yeah. (laughs) Or look for those stories as you did. Yes, correct. Correct. Well, along with the struggles, I'm sure that there are the joys. So I'm sure that all that you've been through is so worth it at the end of the day because you have your two bundles of joy now. And, you know, you are finally a mother just as you wanted. And you, I'm sure, are enjoying spending time with them. So what do you love most about being a mother? About, I, I, what I love most about being a mother to my two wonderful children is how they help you as an as a individual to grow. Things that you would have never done before are thought of in a way. Sometimes children can challenge you. The first thing, they challenge your patience, Christine. Oh, yeah, so sure. definitely they help you to grow to a more patient individual mm-hmm. and to a person who can sympathize and empathize with others and recognize, you know, that, that those children are so precious. They're precious, they're innocent, and you have to be the person to teach them and to facilitate their learning because children don't come from us, they come through us. So we really should try to facilitate their learning versus putting what we believe on them. So I really appreciate the lessons my teach my children teach me. Recently we adopted a cat and we only had a cat for a week, Christine. 
that cat wanted to do what she wanted to do. She ended up escaping. <laughs> and she had to be put down because she contracted pneumonia. Oh, no. Yes. And I would have never gotten a cat myself. But my daughter, she was very interested in having a cat. And um, she she decided she wanted this cat and she chose it and everything. However, as I said, you know what happened to the cat. And I, 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 I didn't think I would have become so attached to the cat. Right. <laughs> I cried and I cried when this oh, cat passed. Gosh. And... To the point where I don't want another cat. Yeah. Because I don't want to go through that pain. Yeah. So my daughter cried. And then she said, so, so we're going to get a dog now. (laughs) Yes. Children bounce back very quickly. (laughs) And I was like, I need to learn from this little girl. Yeah. You know, she's not allowing it to keep her down. Yeah. While mommy's saying, I don't want another cat. I don't want to go through that pain of losing an animal again. She's saying, okay, yes, we went through the pain, but. Maybe this one will work out. Yeah. So the lessons you can learn from your children, if you just listen and allow them to be who they are and allow them to enjoy and love life in a, in a safe environment, you know, it can be so awesome and a, a rewarding, fulfilling life. So I would encourage any, any parent, any, any person who wants to be a parent out there to go for it. Um, I know it can be very hard in these current financial times because getting a child is not cheap and maintaining a child is equally not cheap. Mm -hmm. So if you think you are up for the challenge, please go ahead and do so. Well, based on what you said, (laughs) it's worth it, right? It's so rewarding and fulfilling. So I thank you so much for sharing your story, Charlene, because just as you found stories that inspired you and motivated you and helped you to stay hopeful when things were very uncertain, someone is listening and will be inspired by your story. So thank you so much for coming to share it today. Thank you for inviting me and I hope someone would benefit from what I shared. And I want to just say one more time that you might be telling yourself It's my story and it would not happen for you, but I guarantee if you are diagnosed and you try things that women who have been in your position have tried, there can be hope and there can be a way for you to become a mother and to overcome your situation and manage your condition. So don't think it happened for me and not for you. Just decide that you're going to make a change in your lifestyle today. You want it. And from here on out, you're going to go and do what you need to do to become the mother you want to be. You've heard it from Charlene Maskell. It could not be better said. And her information will be in the show notes. So if you want to connect with her, you'll have the opportunity to do that. Remember, this is the Reclaim Your A-Game podcast, and that is exactly what we've been discussing today, how to make those lifestyle changes and how to get inspiration and stay hopeful and share your own story to inspire others so that together we can all feel our best and live our best. 
So thank you for joining us and look out for another episode coming your way soon.